Hi guys, welcome back to CanaryCast. Good to see you back here. As you can see, something a bit different today. Me and Jacob are delighted to welcome Henry Winter, the Times and Sunday Times Chief Football Writer, onto CanaryCast. Henry, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm brilliant. Slightly nervous about tonight, England's big game. But no, thanks for having me on. I have to say, the first game I ever saw as a kid, and I went and checked the facts earlier because I still couldn't remember that there were actually eight goals, was Norwich 5, Aston Villa 3 in 1975, showing my age here. And uh, Ted McDougall, I think, got a hat-trick. Martin Peters played. I mean, it was just... 20, I checked the attendance, actually, because you know what it's like when you're that? I was thinking it was about sort of 10, 12 or something. And the whole place just seemed absolutely round. And there were 21,000 in there. Uh, everyone was sort of jumping up and down. So, uh, And I was thinking eight goals in the first game. That's not I've a ever, bad intro. I've ever seen and I just thought, wow, it doesn't get much better than this. But it could tonight if England... Yes, it certainly could. There is, of course, only one place to start with the massive game tonight. England-Denmark in the semi-final of Euro 2020. Henry, you've covered plenty of major tournaments. Um, the games don't get much bigger than the one we've got tonight. Um, is it lost on you after a while, or are you just as excited or nervous as the rest of us? It's never lost on me. If, if anything, it just grows more and more. Um, this is the 12th tournament I've covered on England. I was coming back from Rome with Carl Anker from The Athletic. And I was saying to him, I said, is this your first tournament? And he went, yeah, yeah, it's really good, isn't it? And I said, listen, mate, it's, it's just, it's not always like this. This is the Southgate factor. This is because we've got a really good generation of characters as well as good generation of players. But I was looking, I'm thinking, you, just how jammy are you? I was thinking... <laughs> You know, the stuff I've been through, metatarsals, player strikes, riots. I mean, riots after riots. I mean, I can remember one game I was writing, I had tear gas in my eyes. I could hardly see the, 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 the script. <laughs> Missed penalties again and again. Um, and it was, so I was just thinking, brilliant, enjoy this. But it's not always like this. So maybe because I've, you know, obviously you're a detached journalist, but because you want England to do well and because they're a good group of players, you know, you, it's, there's been a lot of suffering to get here. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Henry is because you know the fans are back now? Does it feel like more emotive? Like especially after a year of well, everyone. It feels like in in the football games now, especially the England ones, it feels like fans are almost making up for lost time, and the passion is like anything I've I've never seen really. I, I think they're making up for lost time because they've missed football. I think they've fans are making up for lost time because they're you know you've lost your liberty mm. over the last. 14, so 14, 15 months. I mean, I'm thinking, so my my kids' generation, without getting too sort of political, they're probably least at risk from the virus, but have actually had most of their sort of liberty and their sort of like first year at university or going to college or first year at a job or leaving school, their exams messed about. So I think that, you know, when you see all the scenes in box parks and I'm sure all over Norwich, there'll be parties tonight yeah. in pubs and wherever. And that sort of generation, the sort of 16, 17, 18 to 24, 25, it's, I think it's fantastic seeing them let rip because of England and because of what they've been through. I think it's, I think it's great. Um, but yeah, 60,000 at um, uh, Wembley tonight, 5,000 of them Danes and the atmosphere, as you could tell from the Italy game last night, you know, was, was great. And it will be even more the roar when the players come out for the warm-up, let alone for the kickoff, is just going to be crazy. Absolutely spot on. What have you made of Gareth Southgate and his team so far, Henry? It's one of the one of the better team England teams that I've seen in in my lifetime, anyway. They're humble. 
there's yeah. no arrogance about them. I think the arrogance with England probably disappeared from after the 2006 World Cup in Germany, where Steven Gerrard came up with this line that we went around Germany trumpeting how good we how good we are and came home mute with embarrassment. And then obviously the sort of the Steve McLaren failure to qualify for, for 2008. And I think there's a bit of hubris. I think a little bit of perspective came in. I think on the media side, on you know, we we probably tempered our expectations a bit. But I just think that this team reflects Southgate's character. I mean, there's a resilience to them in terms of you look at the journeys they've been on. And journeys is an overused word in football, but the sort of the experiences that they've had in their life, you know, going out on loan, going out on, you know, the, the, the difficulties that they've had. I mean, Tyro Mings was sleeping in a homeless shelter for a while. Raheem Sterling, at some point when he was at QPR as a kid, didn't know where he was going to be sleeping that night. And he had to wait for a text from his sister to say, we are, the family is living in this council accommodation. A lot of them have been through so much. So there is a there is a resilience to them, which is reflected in the manager when you remember what Gareth Southgate threw, missing that penalty and all the sort of the abuse he got and carrying that with him. So I think there's a there's an honesty there. There's a I mean someone one of the England fans who wrote said something very interesting to me. He he said, Do you know what? I don't know the names of any of the wags. And I think that was maybe because they're so young, they haven't maybe they haven't sort of settled down yet, whatever. But but you know, 2006 was just this sort of almost this circus with the with the wags and distractions, partly because of the media. Um but but they aren't you know, you look at the footballers and you see them with their families, and without being patronizing, I think they're they're quite wholesome. Mm. There have been occasional lockdown breaches, which have been slightly inelegant, but actually they're they're good characters. So look, you've got some fantastic players in there. Um, you know, you look at the pace of Sterling, the intelligence of Sterling, his movement, that pass to Kane the other day. You know, you look at the pace of Saka and Sancho and their skills as well. Um, you look at the resilience of the defence. I mean, Jordan mm. Pickford, I think he's guaranteed the, yeah. the, the clean sheet. Yeah. Trophy. I mean, it's already it's it's remarkable how good the defence. I thought the defence would be the Achilles' heel, but they've been fantastic. So they're they're strong in all positions. And I've interviewed Calvin Phillips, and he's just desire to do to to deliver for his family, for his country, for Granny Val, his Mm. grandmother who sadly passed away. You know, for the Leeds fans, and and you know the, the club that he came from work the FC you know their pride in him posting pictures and so yeah I, I think it's I think it's fan- fantastic but also they remind and I always do this with tournaments um, I go through the sort of the backgrounds of the England players and see how many EFL clubs they've played in you know and obviously you had some of them and it's you know and it's it's a reminder of the importance of the pyramid which is particularly poignant after the sort of Super League debacle so uh, yeah they're a good bunch you look, they look like they they um they actually want to be there as well. You know, like, obviously, like you say, under 2006, it felt like the pressure. I remember Frank Lampard speaking many a time on the likes of BT, saying they're almost in uh, different groups, because obviously the Chelsea United kind of different groups there. But these, like, you've got the likes of Declan Rice, Mason Mount, who obviously best mates. Like, Southgate seems to have made kind of that that, uh, scenario where everyone wants to be there and wants to kind of go forward. You look at Kane, for example, like, the, the ambition and drive that he has to win this Euros. I, I don't think we've seen that for a very long time. No, it's a very good point. I mean, they are sort of like a band of brothers, a, a family. I think it's helped that um, 
the FA has increased the number of age group games. So you've got under 17, under 18, under 19, under 20, under 21s. So they have this connection with England, but also this connection with each other. So you talk to the players. Obviously, you mentioned Mason Mount, Declan Rice. They go back to their Chelsea days. But sort of growing up, you know, and they've, they've been winners. You know, Phil Foden was a world champion. You know, they've they've done they've done good things at age group level. They've got used to excellence, the pursuit of excellence. They know what it takes, and they are all close together. There are no club cliques in there. Um, you look at the relationship between Maguire and Stones. Manchester United and Manchester City, fierce rivals. They're friends off the pitch as well as great sort of central defensive partners on the pitch. So, as you say, there are no cliques, which there were in, in 2006. Tonight's opponents, Henry, Denmark, what have you made of them? I, I don't think we're looking at another Ukraine game here. I'm expecting it to be a bit more difficult than that. I mean, they're, they're tough and they're talented. You, you know, you go for, you look at the spine through the team. You look at you look at Kasper Schmeichel and the saves that he's made this season. His leadership, Simon Kier, talking of captains and leaders, the way that he responded as a leader and as a friend and a teammate when Christian Eriksen had his his horrific cardiac arrest on the pitch. You know, and that the emotion of that, doing it. You know, always beware a team with a cause like. Mm. Italy, going back to 2006, Italy in 2006, obviously a completely different cause, but with Calciopoli, all the sort of refereeing fixing and the, the cloud over Italian football, that was a very, that kind of era, that generation were very proud generation and wanted to put Italian football in a better light around the world. And that drove them on. And there's an element of that completely different experiences with, with what's happened to Christian Eriksen and their desire to deliver for him and that, that riding the wave of emotion. But they're also, you know, they're more than that. They've got some terrific players, you know, Dolga, Damsgaard, players like that. I mean, Hoiberg going to be absolutely up for this. They will be up for it. So it's, it's, it'll be a tough night. You're right. I mean, you mentioned Hoiberg there. He's created as many chances as Kevin De Bruyne at this tournament. Um, they're big, strapping lads. I mean, they're going to be a set from a threat from set pieces. Even what are the sort of key matchups? How do you see this? Where do you think the game will be won and lost tonight, Henry? I just think if England, assume they'll play with the back three. Um, I was, I'm assuming England will go sort of four three three, which which has become. I know he switched it. For, uh, Southgate switched it for Germany to match up against their wing backs and the threat they had at wide in Kimmich and Goosens. But I think he'll go with a, a back four. I mean, the you know Walker's Walker's pace can get him out of trouble if he's positional play. Although that has has improved. It's you know it's going to be tiny details in a game like this. It often is with with semi finals. I think Pickford pulling off a worldy save. I think he's going to be important, player tonight. I come back to Sterling, though. I just think if Sterling is on his games, he has been in this tournament. I think he's been England's, well, along with Phillips and maybe one or two others. I think Sterling, when he gets the ball, that left-sided combination seems to work with uh, with Luke Shaw as well. I think he creates space as well as chances for, for Harry Kane. So I think if Raheem Sterling is maybe running at Vestergaard, I think that's maybe a good avenue of hope for England. Yeah, that sounds a likely uh, avenue for success. Jacob, how are you feeling about the game, mate? Nervous, but a good nervous. I think, I think it's. Uh, I think for any generation, should be looking at this. And Gareth Southgate said it the other day: three semi-finals in three years is is unheard of. Like you know, that's success, and it's just making that final step now. It'd be brilliant to see it really get to that final and just that culmination of a full Wembley with England in the final would just be. I think for the last fifteen months would just 
kind of almost wipe it all away. Like this would be the the big point, and it would be brilliant to see. I, I just it's going to be nerve wracking, isn't it? It's going to be close, but I'm really looking forward to it, mate. Henry, do you think there's an argument to say that if we can get it done in 90 minutes this evening, that gives us a huge advantage for the final? Well, Italy have got an extra day. I mean, my long, painful history with with England is I tend not to look further than the the next corner. (laughs) Anything can happen. If they can do it tonight on in normal time, in extra time, I mean, my gut feeling is that it will be decided possibly in extra time by the, the, one of their substitutes, maybe a Grealish coming off the bench and producing some some magic. But I think even if it goes to penalties, and I know Casper Schmeichel can be very good at stopping penalties. I, it's just a ridiculous thing to say as an England journalist, but I do actually think you've got a chance if it goes to penalties. Because I think Pickford will save one. And I think he also yeah, yeah. nailed one as well. I can just see him. He's just got that character to, to, to yeah. take. And, you know, Rashford may come off the bench and he can take he can take one. Um, Kane, if he's still on, can take one. Trippy will take one. You know, there's some strong characters in there who will, you know, who will be up for taking penalties. Yeah, monumental game this evening. We should see what happens. Um, I'm eager not to jinx it because we obviously haven't kicked a ball against Denmark yet. Um, but we saw the other semi-final last night, Italy beating Spain on penalties, of course. Um, as a potential opponent in the final, Henry, what have you made of Italy? You've spoken about them a bit already, but um, it's going to be a tough match if we do get there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think whether it's Denmark or England who go through, Italy will probably be the favourites. Yeah. Um, partly because of their defence. I mean, you look at Cialini. I mean, he's the only player I've seen by the side of a pitch uh, go head to head with Stuart Pearce, who was England's under 21 coach at the time. And we were sort of giggling in the press box, going, Listen, mate, you might be don't tough. Don't do that. But you seriously don't mess with Psycho. He was, I think, a ball that sort of bounced out of play, and Stuart was taking, you know, he was just trying to slow the game down or whatever. Um, so, look, Cialini is hard as now. I thought Benucci had a fantastic game mm-hmm. last night as well. And you just look at those Italians. And then Donna Rummer. I mean, people probably wasn't in the conversation for one of the world's top five goalkeepers before the tournament I think he's been fantastic so calm in the penalty shootout as 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 well so I just think that defense and you look at some of the players they've got going forward as well um yeah it's it'll be <laughs> that will be tough it might be decided on set pieces it could be one of those finals but um yeah England have got to get through tonight first they certainly have um last question on England is football coming home, Henry? Are we going to win the thing? And, and also, what do you think is going to happen tonight? Is football coming home to, to Carrow Road? You know, the one yeah. thing to guarantee that regardless of tonight, that there will, there'll be a buzz going into next season. And there'll obviously be an amazing buzz, um, you know, throughout the Premier League, obviously having Norwich City back up. But, but if England do... You know, it was interesting talking to some of the players when they came back from Russia. They found it quite emotional that they would go to a rival's ground and be applauded for what they've done for the country in uh, in Russia. So I think it was, uh, you know, it's quite, um, there, there'll be definitely be a happy, not a hangover, but there'll be a definitely a, a nice legacy from this tournament going into it. And it could be a golden legacy, but yeah. we've got to get past Denmark first. Certainly have. Jacob, just to finish on, how do you see it playing out, mate? Yeah, let's just hope. I'd love to get through tonight. And finally, an amazing achievement. Yeah, let's just say is, you know what, after a culmination, whilst you could say Italy are probably by far the best team in this tournament this this year, if you're going to do it, you've got to be the best. So, yeah, why not? Let's say so. Yeah, I think if we can get it done in 90 minutes, it's coming home, personally. 
Um, right, let's park England there for now. Let's see what happens tonight. Um, and let's talk Norwich. 